Hello and welcome to The Prime Actor with me, Rhiannon Mosson. And me, Maddie Ann Holt. In The Prime Actor, we bring you an all-access pass to the world of acting, singing, dance, musical theatre and all that's in between. The Prime Actor is sponsored by the Anna Fiorentini Theatre and Film School, which is an award-winning part-time drama school. They have branches all over London and their sister company is Stage in the City, running performing courses for adults. Have a look at all their amazing online content over lockdown. In The Prime Actor, we pool our knowledge, share our skills and tackle a topic every Friday that will put you in the know all about the world of acting. And today we're here with the ultimate queen of stage schools, the lady boss, Anna Fiorentini. Formal name, Anna Fiorentini Weenie. I don't think I've ever had quite a big entrance before. (laughs) Just clearly never asked me to intro you before. Yeah, Ree does that as a side hustle. She just introduces people. I'm I'm a hype woman. For hype, hype woman. For yeah. whoever wants um, me. So Anna, we've got you here to talk about motivate. You're going to motivate people, inspire people. We're in season two. You um, have created an empire. I'm going to say it. You've created an empire. <laughs> um, talk to us about where it all started. Oh my goodness! It seems so many years ago now. Um, I suppose it's. Ever since I was the tender age of six, I wanted to be an actress. When I got cast as the Ugly Duckling, the feature role in the infant production. Um, But there was nothing of a professional nature in my local area for me to get any training. I grew up in Hackney and at the time there was lots of voluntary groups, but nothing of a professional nature. So when I eventually graduated myself from doing my postgraduate at drama school, I thought, you know, it'd be great to set something up from children in the local area that don't have those, that access to professional training. And did you have experience of that, of doing that? Or were you like, let's just see what happens? No, so, well, before I set up the school that became known as the Anna Fiorentini Theatre and Film School, I set up a little drama club. Um, called Kids Space and that was mainly to help me raise my fees for my postgraduate. I had to raise £10,000 to go to drama school with absolutely no money behind me. So yeah, that was one of the reasons I set up the drama club in the first place. But that was very small. It was like literally maybe 20 children paying their £3 a week. They'd come every Saturday and I would use that £3 to pay towards my fees and my living expenses. So no, I don't think I had that much training in terms of running an actual proper business um, as such. I think I just kind of threw myself into it and just said, look, I'm going to put my mind to this and I will, I will achieve it. And then it, and it's grown, hasn't it? <laughs> like it's grown from, in terms of like, you know, you're saying you don't have, or you, you sort of learn on the job. But firstly, I sometimes think, I think that's the best way to do it anyway, to learn on the job. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But even, even setting up that, kind of first drama club or whatever like did you have an idea about marketing or were you like let's just how did you even feel that I think with that one because obviously at the time I only needed a few students so it's not like now when you've got like several branches and you've got to make sure your places are full to cover all the expenses I only needed like 15 or 20 children there wasn't anything in the area at the time that was my competition I had a good relationship with my local community because I'd grown up there all my life 
Um, so it was quite easy to get the children in the first place. And obviously word of mouth spread because they loved my classes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had no, if I look back now, and we're talking goodness knows how many years ago, you didn't, at that time, you didn't even think about health and safety. You didn't think about having a first aider with me. I was looking after these 25 children by myself. I wasn't first aid trained. I hadn't had any safeguarding training. It was like, whereas now, oh my goodness, you'd be closed down in a second if you didn't have any of that. So in some ways, I'm kind of glad I was totally ignorant to all of that because otherwise I would have frightened myself and I just wouldn't have gone ahead and done it. So yeah, yeah. it's... Um, yeah, you can't do that nowadays. I think there's too much pressure to get things right, especially with health and safety. But I'm kind of glad I didn't have those restrictions in the first place. If I'd known then what I know now about running the school, I would have frightened myself. There's no way I would have done it. Absolutely. And, no and was it that there was like demand, uh, more demand for the classes, which is what then led to it growing or was it that you wanted it to grow and and found the demand it was a mixture really because obviously um a lot of my children that I was teaching said to me Anna we want to go to a proper stage school um which we want you to lead and that that was very flattering and they're the ones who said and we want it to be called Anna Fiorentini (laughs) they're the ones who came up with the idea that it should be named after a person um So, yeah, it came from that. There was also my local community centre around the corner from where I live was about to shut down because it couldn't afford to keep open. And that kind of gave me an idea of like, well, how do we keep this community centre open without having to have loads of Saturday night parties, which completely wreck it. And that kind of gave me an idea of starting something where we could use all the different rooms and I could start hiring in different teachers to come along and help out. Um... So it's kind of a bit of a fluke. And then I went to the Prince's Trust because I'd never written a business plan in my life. And I went to them and said, look, I've got this idea about possibly opening a drama school maybe in a year's time. And they were like, why wait a year? And then three months later, (laughs) the first branch opened. So I think they're the ones that were responsible for making me set it up there and then without giving it too much thought and not freaking myself out. that was in 2001. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, that's showing my age, yeah. No, no. Um, and so did you ever think that the school would reach the place that it's at now with all the branches and all the ages? And Absolutely not. <laughs> um, so I think the first day that we opened the drama school, we had about 70 children sign up, which was great. That was like twice as many as what I was expecting. And then a year later we doubled the numbers. So it was a a morning school and then I doubled it to an afternoon school. Again, I had no intention of expanding it. It was just going to be my sideline along my acting career and giving back to the, the local community. And then a friend of mine who was a single mother living in Isle of Dogs said, Anna, will you open something locally to where I am? Because there's nothing for our kids around here. So I spoke to her community centre and ended up opening a branch in her area. And then it was like, well, if I've opened there, why not open in another area (laughs) as well? And before you know it, I've now got six branches um, we're not a franchise, but, you know, I am, I've kind of got my eyes on all of the six branches along with my team. We've got the same team at all of them. But no, and I certainly 
hadn't thought about opening Fiorentini Weenies, which is for four to six-year-olds, and that's thank you to Rhiannon. Not just me, actually. <laughs> that, came was, up with the idea. that was me and a, and a former <laughs> colleague. I can't take full credit. Uh, Amy, Amy Watson yeah. can have a can have a That's shout That's right, out. yeah. They both came to me and they were like, oh, Anna, Anna, we've we've got an idea to expand the school. Like, why don't we include four to six-year-olds? And I was like, don't you think you've got enough work? Aren't we stressed enough? Oh, no, but we get so many phone calls for them. It'd be so good. I was like, okay. And they were like, and we'd like to call it Fiorentini Weenies. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they came up with the yeah. name. Um, and then obviously... Five years ago, I then set up Stage in the City, which is for adults who want to do performing arts. The idea being that all the profits from that go to the kids that can't afford to come to the school. So it's all kind of linked together. I think, I suppose the key for me is all these expansions have happened gradually. I haven't said, oh, by such and such, I'm going to have 7,000 children or, and 10,000 adults. It's all just been a gradual a gradual thing so in my head I don't see it as an empire because it's all happened very it's gradually empire. it is an empire now <laughs> it's not an empire I was trying to think of the word I, for what I haven't opened a broad yeah, no that's true no we've not gone like LA not yet no. <laughs> not yet Brighton I'm desperate for some sunshine <laughs> <laughs> um and you've won all sorts of of business of London awards and you've got you know you've got a really solid reputation within the performing arts and are really known which I guess takes time anyway you know to get garner that kind of respect and even you know I'm going to we're going to talk now about unfortunately I think we should just talk about it but like the challenges that covid that lockdown have brought <sighs> and and mm-hmm. what <laughs> aside from you know like the mad sheer panic at the beginning but that actually now you're coming back in September with a whole load of new courses and you've been doing a load of online stuff. So talk to us about, about you know, COVID and, and what that meant for the business. I think as soon as we found out, we were locking down with virtually no notice. Even We kind of heard about it, didn't we, vaguely the week before. But I don't think any small business was prepared for what... We've just never experienced anything like it in our lifetime. Um to then be confronted with the fact that for the next four or five months we wouldn't be allowed to work and open our venues and offer our courses it was a huge pressure it was a pressure on me keeping the business alive and how on earth am I going to pay all my overheads and then also keeping it alive for the livelihoods of my full-time staff you've got that responsibility as well so right at the very beginning I did my cash flows completely freaked myself out because I thought to just to survive to pay all my overheads by September we needed to raise 88,000 pounds how do you do that when you can't work <laughs> I was really freaking out um thankfully because of the furlough scheme um thankfully because um of the government grant for £10,000, a couple of grants from places like the Coral Samuel Charitable Trust, some friends doing some fundraising events, um, so little things here and there, and I got a small disruption known. So we brought our costings down to just about 45000 that I still need to raise. Now, I know that sounds a lot, but for a small business, that's about average. So I'm not freaked out anymore I know we will survive as long as we can go back in September um what it has meant is that 
I can keep going, we can keep sustainable, but we haven't been able to do any fundraising events for the less privileged families that we're so passionate about that we really want to be able to offer free places and bursaries to. Um, Up until now, over the last few months, all our fundraising has been about the survival of the business. Um, And I think that's going to be for the next few months, which, you know, is a little bit heartbreaking because that's not our ethos. We want to be open to everybody, regardless of financial background. But I think in some ways, it's been quite positive. It's forced me to go back to basics. I think, you you know, you touched on it. Like I was opening a branch here, opening a branch there. Then I opened Weenies and I opened Stage in the City. And all these opportunities were coming up and I was grabbing them because I didn't want to let go of opportunities. But I don't think I'm necessarily the most organised person in the world. So I think the last few months has forced me to sit down and reassess everything, reassess staff structures reassess how we do things going forward so that we can start again really simplify everything and build again so eventually I can start expanding but the foundations are going to be even stronger than before it means going back in September we're not going to be able to accept quite as many students per class because of social distancing But that's not necessarily a bad thing either. It means that we'll be able to concentrate on fewer students, really build up their standards and gradually um, accept students back and be able to work with families that are really going to support us um, going forward. And, you know, in some ways we get to pick and choose the families we work with because we'll work with the families that do reply to our emails on time, do read their weekly letters, do turn up on time and are punctual because of... um, the restricted exits and entrances and all of that kind of thing. So I, it's going to be quite exciting in in that respect. So you've got to, you've got to turn these things into a positive. And I think part of it was not knowing. You know, it 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 happened overnight in terms of things closing down. But then, you know, we were never really sure where the goal was of where we were aiming to get to. Was it the end? You know, was it after Easter? Was it? half term was it Precisely. September yeah. you know and then so that kind of ever changing goalpost has been difficult not just for us certainly for every business who's trying to plan ahead absolutely and I mean even now things are up in the air like I'm still negotiating with venues the exact date we're going to be opening I mean I know we will be opening there's no question there but they don't always understand that I need to know the exact date because that's going to impact on the next date, on the next opening, and which staff I hire. I don't want to lose my teachers who've been amazing and very patient. So, you know, it's not... I mean, I love... I mean, you know, Rhiannon, I I want to be thinking about these things six months in advance. I don't want to be given two weeks' notice and all of a sudden you can open again. I need to plan. We want it to be professional. We want it to be organised. But I also think people are understanding. They do know that everybody is going through this learning curve at the moment. So things might not be 100% how we want them just yet. But, you know, it's getting there. I mean, just to also mention another positive that's come out of um, our situation is all the online courses that we started offering. Um, You know, that I would never have thought of that in the past. All the Zoom courses. Now, some have worked better than others. Some we can continue doing, I think, once we get... I mean, even my adult courses, there were some that said, you know, I can't get to London on in the evenings. So this has been amazing to actually do these courses in the evenings and still keep up my social life in some capacity. Now, I think most people who agree face-to-face is always so much better. But some courses do work well on Zoom. So I think all of that, that's something that in our business plan we are going to be expanding going forward. I know you were saying, we 
Yeah, that you. I know you were saying that with the kids ones, um, online courses that there's, you know, you're getting people from the states. Yeah, from America, from yes. Mauritius. Like that's that's amazing, and that you know, it's just really been nice to be able to think that our teachers can work with children from across the world, and that they can access these classes as well. And the feedback has been amazing. So that's that's been really, you know, a positive from mm. it. So let's talk about you. Let's go back to this, the word that I've, I've already cut out, so I can't say it again, but something, uh, a, a businesswoman, an elite businesswoman. <laughs> um, so but you're a performer as well. You trained as an actress. Um, do you find ba- time to balance the two? How does that work? <laughs> I think that phrase, if you want something done, ask a busy person. Mm. I think if you really, really want to do something, you will you will get it done. I mean, thankfully, I've got amazing staff <laughs> who I know can cover things if I'm not around. It's about getting systems in place. Um, and I think, again, the last few months has really honed our systems going forward. So it's going to be even, even more supportive going forward. There have been certain times when I haven't been able to go for my own acting career, like right at the very beginning, obviously getting everything in place, and then when I've expanded with a different branch and because I want to be at the branch right at the very beginning for their first term, I don't like to go off for long periods of time. Then when I I decided to go back into my acting profession, but then I had the idea for stage in the city. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the good thing is with, you know, as you get old, I mean, in my 20s, nothing would have come in the way of my acting career. It was like, you know, not boyfriends not um other social life not other jobs it was like no I want to be an actress I'm going to keep my time free I never even went on holidays just in case I got an audition (laughs) you know yeah I think but as you get older I mean I'm I'm a lot older than you Maddie but (laughs) you kind of think do you know what I love acting I still love the buzz I still hopefully think I'm good at it but I'm not desperate for it you know and it's like I can pick and choose when I'm going to act and when I'm not going to act and when I, my school is my baby. So I haven't had to, you know, in the same way many actors are parents, you know, that it's not like they have to choose between one or the other. You are able to adapt and and look after both things in your life. And I think there's something, something to be said there for like letting go anyway, because I know I've spoken to quite a lot of actors in this time who, like me, have, were like just going and then have had to take on an extra something and realise that they can do that remotely and they can fit that in and actually weirdly I mean I speak for myself in this but have <laughs> this I know we've said this before we in a previous podcast and a lot of it, I don't want to uh you know brag about it but I think before I was like I felt like I was just running after a carrot on a stick that was just almost non-existent it was too far in the in the distance whereas now the lockdown process and all of this like you said Anna has forced us to kind of reassess everything and work out what works and doesn't work um and I think that's a huge takeaway for a lot of people a lot of people have you know like the exodus of from London that people have had including myself in that they're just going especially people who are renting are like why am I spending this much money to be here absolutely yeah that's why Um, London's so empty everyone's left (laughs) <laughs> it was me Ree. it's normally me it's fine it means I can cycle around with no danger so you know thanks a lot everyone <laughs> but I do I have to say I was driving up there the other day and I was I really I do miss it I really and I would and I would come back 
I would. Might not. It I might just... not be space. Sorry. <laughs> might. Might. Just be us. might. I'll just. It's really weird because I'm. I'm Miss Social Bunny normally. I love seeing my friends at the weekend, and it's like I work hard, but I like to play hard as well. So you know, I. I have to give myself something to look forward to at the weekends, whether it's seeing a friend at a dinner party or a normal party or just for a dinner or. And yet, the last few weeks I've actually really enjoyed not having to make choices as to which friends I yeah. see and, where, and just knowing that I don't have the, I mean I'm beginning to have the choice now because obviously we are beginning to be allowed to go out and meet a, a small group but when it was full lockdown it was almost that pressure was off mm. to do that but again I'm getting old I'm getting no, old I mean I found it too <laughs> I thought I was going to move by myself and just and I think for the first week I thought oh my god I'm going to hate this and now I've turned into a complete recluse. It's great. I mm. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Just think of the shock yeah. we're all going to have when we next, you know, eventually go to a pub or something and, uh, and have to pay like £7 for a glass of wine. Like, that's going to be a shock to <laughs> that's the That's the amount of money. Yeah. The amount of money we've yeah. saved through... I mean, we've lost a lot of money <laughs> because yeah. of no income coming in. But also when you think about the amount of money you've saved because of socialising and travelling... I think it's, it's, it's got me having good habits, I think, going forward. I think I will know I don't have to spend a huge amount every weekend just to go out. Mm. Um, so let's, let's talk about being a woman in business. Uh-huh. What challenges do you think you've had to face? <laughs> have you had, do you feel like we are in a very male-dominated industry? Has being a woman held you back? Or do you think you've just, you've just bypassed that? Because I know, like, in, this, in the acting industry, that's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think as... A businesswoman in the industry that I'm in, I have to be honest and say I haven't come across personally those kind of issues big time. However, <laughs> there's obviously been some men that I've had to deal with that have been opinionated or a bit intimidating. But being your own boss, I can just say, I'm not going to work with you anymore. You know? <laughs> Having said that, I've also worked with some women who've been opinionated and who I can get quite, um, what's the word, intimidated mm. by, you know. And again, if I choose not to work with them, I won't need to work with them um, going forward. I can choose not to. So I can see that there are issues with the whole male-female balance in other industries. I think with drama school, I hate to say it, it's probably very stereotypical, but most drama school owners are female. There are some very good male drama school owners out there as well, but I'm just saying as a stereotype. So I don't think I'm necessarily going to come across those problems. As an actress, I think it was very frustrating knowing that there are so many more decent male parts Mm -hmm. than there are for women. Um, But then... So, for example, when I was in a production of King Lear years ago, I know from, for all the male roles, I think there were 12 male roles, the producer said she had, like, 50 CVs. Mm. For my role alone of Regan, there were 500 CVs. So that's the kind yeah. of, you know, when you weigh up about men and women in the acting industry, what you're up against. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but thankfully I haven't had to deal too much with negativity. She just walks men. away from them. It's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I would love to know that I think I know, I do think I know an answer to this actually, but I'm going to ask you anyway, Anna. Um, if 
musical theatre genie, I assume he would be musical theatre and a man, um, if a genie could grant you three business wishes for the school, um, what would they be? Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Okay, um, first one would be to have a billionaire fall in love with us. (laughs) Be really passionate about the arts and nurturing young people and go, do you know what, Anna? I'm going to cover your costs every year, 500,000. Here you go. Um, And then I wouldn't have to worry about cash flow. We could hire in more staff. We wouldn't be half as stressed as what we are. And we could give lots of free places to less privileged children who couldn't afford to come. So that's always been my number one wish. Although that does sound a little Um, bit like the wish for more wishes. But I'm going to let you have it because I also think it's a good one. It is one wish. Um, uh, The other wish would be um, a venue with our own theatre. That would be awesome. I mean, having said that, yeah, I think that that will come eventually. I'm sure of it. I mean, it's nice to have our own branches in the areas that we go to because not everybody wants to travel anymore, even if we had an amazing venue. Um, But I do think it'd be lovely to have our own venue and theatre. And then I suppose a third one would be to continue attracting amazing trustees and an advisory board with top-notch professionals from all industries like the um, uh, top lawyers, top accountants, top marketing people who really want to come on board and give us advice and really take over three empires, not just the one. Great. Thanks, Anna. I feel inspired. I'm I'm looking for that lamp and that genie right now. This is like this rummaging noise here. That's what that is. Um, Thank you, Anna. It's been really great to kind of hear from you and for us to be able to share your story with people. Thank you for having me. Uh, So um, if any of you out there have a question for us about the world of acting or agenting or anything industry related, then please get in touch. Uh, You can find us on Twitter using the hashtag ThePrimeActor or you can find us on Instagram at ThePrimeActorPodcast. And we're going to finish each week with a quote to motivate, inspire or just make you laugh. And this week is from another female leader. That's what, what you are now, Anna, a female leader, the founder of Flickr, who's got the most amazing name, Katerina Fake, who said, the most successful entrepreneurs I know are optimistic. It's part of the job description. Yeah, there you go, Anna. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about the Anna Fiorentini School, then you can head to their website, www.annafiorentini.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>